0: Welcome to Monuments and Movements. On today's episode, we discuss minorities in America, what the vote means for them, and how we can move past the standards set before us. Let's talk about it. Well, hey, welcome to the Monuments
1: and Movements podcast. I'm Justin. I'm here with my man, Kenny. Kenny, how's it going? Good. Very good. Another great morning. Let's get into it. Let's do it.
0: So there were the debates last night. Did you watch them? I watched um, the last part, of the last little little bit, I guess, when it got a little bit out of control. (laughs) But it was uh, even that, I think, that amount of of out-of-controlness was still probably a little bit better than the first
1: debate. Yeah, I've got to say, I think this debate was way better than the one three weeks ago. Yeah. It's funny, I was following people on social media because you got you to gotta watch these things with your social media on. Like I don't know how we used to watch debates before <laughs> social media. And, you know, one of my friends posted, where was this debate three weeks ago? <laughs> and, I mean, I, I don't think the debate was 100% like, oh, yeah, this is crystal clear. This helps me understand. I mean, I, th- I thought it did bring a little more clarity. Right. And, you know, there were still some moments. But overall, I think this was a lot more palatable.
0: Yeah, I think we did. We did hear some more uh, actual difficult questions, actual kind of thought out, thought out uh, fair questions for both sides. I thought that was that was good to to listen to, and I think uh, both candidates were pretty pretty respectful of the other for the most part. <laughs>
1: <laughs> for for given their their track record, that was very right. respectful comparatively. Yeah, yeah. And I thought the moderator did a pretty good job. She did. Um. Yeah, you know, she was a boss. Yeah, she knows she did really well. Yeah. I think she handled Trump pretty good. There are a few moments where there was a little bit of a clash, but
0: she sounded less like a like a kindergartner a kindergarten teacher trying to tame a bunch of <laughs> children. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I think once you got that mute button, they're gonna behave a little more. <laughs> Alright, once you pull out the belt. <laughs> you know. Anyways, so, we're not going to talk about the debates a whole lot because we already did an episode on the debates. Right. Uh, what we actually want to talk about today is minorities, minorities mm. in the vote. You see, there's a heavy push right now, and there's a heavy appeal to minorities. Uh, you kind of heard it a bit last night on the debates, but you see it in all the ads, you see it in Hollywood. You just you kind of see it all around right now. Is there, there's a big appeal to minorities. Right. And so I think today we should just talk about minorities, the vote, the government, you know, what does the vote mean for minorities, you know, what are some of the issues facing minorities today, and and how do we we deal with it? Sure. I guess I say we, because we are minorities. (laughs) Yeah. For those of you listening, I'm black, I'm half black, half white, and my man Kenny,
0: what are you? I am uh, mostly Italian and Mexican. Mostly, so he makes the best food. Come on. Anyways,
1: I'll, I'll try not to get into like the racial stereotypes <laughs> <laughs> today, but I, I think this topic—I don't know—we'll we'll try to avoid it if we can. All right, so I'll—I'll I'll start by asking you what—what what do you think this vote means for minorities? That they keep saying like this is the vote, like the—the the biggest. The biggest election of our lifetime. Specifically, they're saying. I mean, they're saying this to everyone, right? But there's a heavy push towards minority, saying, you know, this is this is your time. Mm -hmm. This is going to determine everything for your future. Sure.
0: You as a minority, what do you what do you think when you hear that? So I think the the big thing that I think is I feel like this is one of not I don't want to say one of but th- this is this is an important election in the terms of the minority vote because of the fact that um this is I feel like this election is causing a lot of minorities to maybe vote outside of their their supposed normal um I feel like there's a lot more of a of a split between between minority votes and not just saying like um you know like Black or Hispanic votes, but even just, like, there's such wide differences between, you know, I feel like I've seen tons of Latinos for, for um, you know, for one party and tons for the other party. Like, I feel like there's a big split down down the middle of a, of a lot of minority votes. Same thing with the black vote. Um, I feel like instead of... Whereas historically, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like historically it's been kind of a given fact that most minorities vote a certain way. Most minorities tend to vote Democrat. Democrat, Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like this year the minority vote is, is more, more available, I guess, to, to be shifted one way or another. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think I'd agree with that. Like, I mean you see a few a few black celebrities, I mean a few I guess in particular there's two that I've I've looked at over the last week that have gotten the spotlight. Fifty cent. Fifty cent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he doesn't want to be twenty cent. But it's it's interesting seeing him. I mean fifty cent, he's already got that mentality. He really doesn't care what other people think. But what was his statement? I don't wanna be twenty cent. Yeah. I want to be fifty cent. <laughs> And he's, he's getting slammed a bit for that, but there's
0: also, did you hear about Ice Cube? I heard Ice Cube got some flack for, like, basically going back on what he previously had said, right? No, so what Ice Cube did, see, this is,
1: this is important, is he came up with a a document called the Contract with Black America. Mm-hmm. It was basically a, a piece of legislation that he had written that he wanted to present to the government on behalf of black Americans. hmm <laughs> And so he presented it to the government, both to the Republicans and the Democrats. Uh, the current Trump administration said, "Yeah, let's talk about it right now." The Democratic Party said, "We'll talk. We'll talk to you about it after the election." And so he went and he talked with the Demo- or he went and talked with the Republicans about it, which is why everyone's upset because now they're saying, "Oh, you you're a Trump right supporter. You know, you're working with the enemy because he he's pretty anti-Trump. Yeah, at least he has been." But his thing is like, look, I'm going to work with whoever's in power, whoever's going to help us. Right. And, I mean, his his words, I, I don't want to quote him exactly. I watched his interview, but it was a few days ago, so I don't want to misquote him. But he basically said, you know, the Republicans are willing to do it now, so I talked with them now. You know, if the Democrats want to talk after the election, I'll talk with the Democrats. But this isn't a left-right Republican-Democrat red-blue issue. This is a black right. issue. And it's not going to be a, a Democratic answer. It's not going to be a Republican answer. It's got to be a bipartisan answer. So, But anyways, just just the idea of him talking to or reaching out to, wow. it, it got him in a lot of trouble. And my understanding, I haven't looked at the policies, but I think the Trump administration adopted a lot of ideas from it. Not all of it, but they took some ideas from it, and they're sure. putting it in their plan. And so that's where the accusation, oh, Ice Cube's helping the Trump administration came from. So there's just this huge, hot topic, I think, right now. I mean, obviously, I feel like the most obvious one, maybe it's just because it's my neck of the woods, is the black community. Like 50 Cent Ice Cube. I don't know, it's kind of taboo. You you don't, if you're black, even if you don't support Trump, you don't say... You support Trump, or you don't say you're a Republican if, you're, if sure. you're black, because there's this stigma where it, the government is like, you know, one political party is your advocate and the other is your enemy. Right. And if you step over the line, then you've abandoned your people. Mm. And so that's kind of what I want to talk about today is where does that come from? Is that legitimate? what what is the real answer to some of the the problems facing minorities in America? I mean I have some statistics right here. This is specifically for black America this this from the paper's called the Economic State of Black America in 2020 written by the Joint economic Committee Congressman Don Bayer the vice chair All right so this is like an official mm-hmm. government document It says these are just some some economic Statistics. A typical black household earns a fraction of white households, just 59 cents for every dollar. Wow. The gap between black and white annual household incomes is about 29K a year. The median wealth of black families is $17,000. Sure. Dang. While the median wealth of white families is $171,000. Less than half 42% 42 percent of black families own their own homes, whereas 73 percent of white families own their homes And I mean so on so on I, c- I can go I can go down the list there, there's a lot of interesting statistics here but I think what would be helpful is if we just identify the problems first I think that that the minority communities are experiencing and obviously I think one of the biggest ones is economic. Problems, mm-hmm. which I think is the biggest one that the government always seems to, or I don't want to say the government politicians address right, that and systematic racism, mm-hmm. specifically like police brutality and all right. that. So, I don't
0: know what do you think about all that. So I think, um, yeah, and looking at a couple of these stats, I think there's there's a lot, a lot going on here. My my question to you would be. I guess as we dive into this a little a little more my question to you would be how much of a, of a lot of this has to do with just the current state of of the black community meaning um um you know let's take take really really um not great places like Baltimore right has mm-hmm. a Baltimore has bad rep yeah um ha- how much of that like there's a stat down here um, the incar- incarceration rate for Black Americans is falling, but is still nearly six times the rate of White Americans. Um, so I guess there's two ways you can read that stat specifically, and I guess this is kind of what I want to get into. Um, like one way you can read that stat and say, you know, Black people are getting thrown into prison left and right. Another way you can read that stat is black people are committing more crimes than white people. I don't know which <laughs> interpretation <laughs> of that is correct. Yeah. Um, but kind of like what we talked about when we were ta- when we were discussing police brutality. It's n- there's like this kind of police are going around and just just uh you know hurting a bunch of black people, and then there's the other side, or black people are going around and just you know yeah. Doing crazy stuff with police and, and just that dichotomy, but there I, I felt like what we got into on that kind of relates to this is that like there's a, a culture in the black community that still needs needs fixed and still needs uh, a lot of um, a lot of healing. You know, mm-hmm. uh, um, a topic that you you bring up a lot is is um, you know th- uh, the amount of, of African American males that grow grow up without a father and and the impact the impact that that has on their lives and their choices and and the things that that you know follow all of that, yeah um, so I feel like that you know so how much of that do you think is 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 kind of a i guess i would say a heart issue more or less like a home issue, a household issue, and then how much of that of this is um systematic and is is something that that we can take actual steps to fix, to, to, to start to repair, if, if that question makes sense. No,
1: ab- absolutely. I, I think when it comes to is this uh, a problem within our the black culture? Right. Or is this a problem of what's being done to the black culture? Right. That's really the question. And I think, honestly, I think you will see it the way you want to see it. Mm-hmm. You tend to find what you're looking for. If if you're looking, if you're if you're looking at society as the problem, you'll find a way to justify that. Right. right? If the way that society is treating you as a culture, that will be a problem. Now, if you look at your own culture and be like, "Well, this is a cultural problem amongst us," well, then you'll see that. But people tend to see what they want to see. Yeah. And justify it. True. So to be honest, I don't know that. I can give you a concrete answer as to what, whether it is an issue of how we, minorities are treated mm-hmm. or whether it's an issue of the minority culture. I mean, I guess we're talking about black culture, so I'll, I'll keep in that, guys. Um, yeah, I, I think if you, if you want to see it that way, that's how you'll see it. Sure. And, and um, the problem that I see or I guess the solution, right? Anyone can find problems, the solution. Um, you know, something that you brought up earlier was dads being in homes, right? Mm-hmm. They say 70% of African-American kids grow up without a dad in the home. Right. Which I personally believe if you just put a father back in the homes, or even just any male role model, like positive, I think that'll get rid of about 90% of our problems. Sure. Sure. But... You know, for me, for me, in my perspective, in my worldview, in my experience, I obviously don't speak for all of Black America. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't grow up in you know places like Chicago, right? Or you know, we, we grew up here in Santa Maria, and um, you know, we had our challenges. But I think it depends a lot where you are it will kind of determine your experience, right? Like, I didn't grow up in the projects or anything, so. Yeah. But, when I look at these elections, and I look at these politicians, and I look at the government, and all these solutions that they propose for these problems, uh, I mean, my, my first response is, the government is not going to fix these problems for us. right? You know, I mean, reading some of those economic statistics, what is the root of those problems? Is it? Is it our fault? Is it the society's fault in the way they treated black people? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know whose fault it is, you know, but I know that the government's not going to fix it. As a matter of fact, I personally believe that the government has contributed a lot to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is my perspective as a minority in in America, and especially during election time, where it seems like there's all of a sudden this heightened awareness of us every four years.
0: Right. <laughs> it's like, And in between then... <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, just, I think, speaking for the black community, I think historically the, the black community tends to get the worst deals from the government. Right. Um, you know, it's happened since the 60s where they promise us a lot of things that are meant to help us that end up just hurting us more. Sure. Uh, and that's not like a conservative, liberal thing. That's just, in general, typically, the more the government tries to help us, the worse off things become, in my opinion. And so, especially when you're looking at these numbers, you know, I, I'm definitely not a socialist. I'm not saying, like, yeah. you know, I'll look at these numbers, socialism's the answer, because it's definitely not. Right. But, you know, th- this is a problem. Sure. And if you look at these statistics, you know, this combined with, you know, our—I our, guess I'm just going to keep talking about black America. Th- look at our economic status. Mm-hmm. Our economic stats are going down. The gap is getting bigger. Uh, you look at the abortion rate in, in the black community. I mean, it's getting higher and higher and higher. I literally don't think we can survive another century like this as black America. I mean, literally, I, I don't think we will survive. Meaning, like, the the black person will be a rare species? It would we'll be rare—yeah, uh, I mean, I guess I guess that sounds a bit intense,
0: but we we can't survive like this. I mean, if you take abortion alone, like, literally millions of, of black babies are aborted. Yep. And, like, that's how many more million black people would have been yeah. alive in the United States. That's crazy. And what's the reason for most of them being aborted? I mean, if you look at the cause behind it,
1: a lot of it has to do with economics. hmm Right? These young mothers get pregnant, but they don't have the means— to sustain the child or just you know even just thinking about that, I can't bring up a baby in this culture, I can't right. bring up a baby on my means, so they either abort it or they turn to the government, right the government becomes the father in the homes, and it just becomes this downward spiral, but
0: we we've you know we we can't survive like this, so how much of that you you said one thing you said I want to touch on is um it, it almost seems like more that the government helps that the more the government helps the the, the more they actually hurt right yes, what that's my opinion How much of that do you think is the the age old teaching a man to fish versus giving a man a fish uh, I think there's a lot of what I mean is I think there's a lot of good that 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 comes with the the ability that America has to to help out not just minorities but but in general i mean when you look at the looking at you know these these um, stats we're going um some of the 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 wealth and um you know the median wealth 17000 for black families versus 171000 um you know i think there's a lot of good that 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 america does in terms of like being able to to give you know we have welfare and we have food stamps and we have things like that but but how much, uh, I mean, and those are great programs. Um, they've mm-hmm. provided for a lot of people. But how much of that do you think is, is I guess I'll say, I don't want to say enabling, but um, helping versus hurting? Yeah.
1: Well, the welfare thing, I mean, that that's across a, a lot of cultures other than just the black culture. Sure. I, know, I know, I think statistically it's probably higher in the black community. But... You know, I guess going, taking one step back is, all right, let, let's talk about the idea of white privilege. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't know, my, my opinion of, of white privilege upsets my white friends and my black friends. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, get ready. Uh, I, I think this is where the conversation starts in terms of, you know, teaching a man to fish. Because, does white privilege exist? I don't know, I think you can call it whatever you want to call it, but I don't think you can deny, if you look at the stats, if you look at history, because of the history of African Americans in America, Mm -hmm. as a culture, we are a bit further behind, well, I'd say significantly further behind, especially looking at these stats, Mm -hmm. in terms of the time that we've had as a culture to, you know, to build, to build wealth, to, to build success, To really be a part of everything that America has to offer. There was... We had a several hundred year setback. Right. And I think... I don't think you can deny that. Sure. Now, which is where white privilege comes in, comes out and pokes its head and says, okay, well, you know, that's white privilege. You know, you guys were slaves for hundreds of years and and this and that. And... From white privilege, you also get a lot of white guilt, mm-hmm. which is funny to me. I don't know. I, I've I've seen videos, and you know, even people have come and asked me about, it, like, hey, you know, I'm sorry for what my my people have done to you. Like, you don't have to feel sorry for being white, man. <laughs> like, stop apologizing, bro. Like, but but here's 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 the thing. Here's the truth, and I'm not saying it's it's not the happiest answer, but the government is not going to solve that issue mm. of us being set behind a hundred years. Right. I'm going to even a little more blunt. White people are not going to fix that issue for us. Right. right. Was that a huge injustice? Absolutely. I mean looking back through the history of America, we we've got a lot of red in our ledger. Right. Especially towards the African American community, but the only way I see the black community or minority community. I mean this applies to minority communities as well, this principle the context might be a little different, right? The problems that face the right. for example, the Latin American or even the Asian Amer- I mean, Asian Americans, for example, you know, they've got their own issues they work they gotta work right. out. But in terms of economics, I think they're doing pretty well. They're doing really well. If yeah. you look at it statistically. But the thing is is we gotta figure this out on our own. Mm-hmm the The teach a man to fish, you know. Unfortunately, I think as a culture, the Black community they've they've got a harder. They've been set back further sure. in terms of showing up to the showing up to the pond with their fishing pole. Mm. You know, having to figure out how to fish. We we've shown up late to that party because of how we've been treated over time. Right. But if we want to move forward, we we can't keep using that as an excuse. Which is why I say. You know, people say, well, what do you think about right privilege? I say, who cares? Yeah. Stop talking about it. Because, you know, for me as a black American, if I keep saying, well, you know, it's because of white privilege that I'm poor or it's because of white privilege. You know, when I look at these statistics that, you know, my people are behind is white privilege. It's white privilege. Well, even if that's true, mm-hmm. that's going to keep you in the same place. Wow. you know, it it's a reason. What what do they say? What's the difference between a reason and an excuse? The spelling. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and is it a legitimate reason? Sure. White privilege? I I wouldn't necessarily call it white privilege because, in my opinion, and once again, I think this might upset some of my minority friends, is I don't put all this on my white friends in the white culture today. You know, this was something that happened historically. And, you know, it's a bummer, that's the way it is, and it's a bummer that our that our culture got set back so far. But mm-hmm. to to accuse white people today of that, I, I don't think is right. I don't right. think that's the answer. But even so, if I'm looking at you and I'm spending all my time accusing you of what you've done to me, I'm never gonna heal. Well There's there's gotta come a point where and I guess is I'm talking about individual ownership right here, where me, my life, I have to own the fact that that, look, this is the situation I'm in. Right. Maybe someone put me in it. Maybe historically, you know, I I had a lot more, more um, obstacles in my way than most people. You know, yeah, there were some injustices done that have set me back a lot further than everyone else. Sure. Am I going to sit there and I'm going to point the finger all day? Am I going to try to justify why I'm there? or Am I just going to dust it off and move on? Right. And there has to be some sort of just swallowing the frog have you, have you ever heard that phrase swallow yeah. the frog yeah there's got to be some point where we as a community would just swallow the frog and be like look it is what it is what do we do to move forward right and the the problem i have with the white privilege discussion is if you're if you're calling out white privilege blaming white privilege on it if if you're looking at someone else you're never gonna sure take care of yours yeah. you know you're never going to do what you got to do if you're constantly looking at someone else blaming them for your problem. yeah even if they are responsible for your problems i, I just I, I think the mentality's got to change you know and so what happens is because we were set so far back you know this is my opinion and this is especially in the 60s you know when really the government started trying to get into civil rights
2: mm-hmm.
1: cuz once again racism is a cultural problem it's not a government problem it's right. a culture problem right the reason that it trickled into the government is because it trickled it w- was rooted in the culture right so the government comes in and tries to fix a cultural problem and they make all these deals with the black community right and th- i think the heart behind them well i don't know i can't speak for the leaders i think i think most people i talk to who support a lot of these affirmative action and who support a lot of those principles? I, th- I think the heart behind it's right. Sure, you yeah. know, if someone's behind, yeah, you know, create an equal opportunity—not necessarily equal outcome—but sure, yeah, yeah, do whatever you can to create an equal opportunity. But in reality, it just doesn't work, especially when the government gets involved. Right, and it's like welfare. So coming back to the welfare thing that you mm-hmm. said, you know, welfare is a great launching pad. Is it's a great idea, philosophy to help someone in need. But it's, it's a horrible philosophy to accept as a lifestyle right? because that's what's happened is well. when the government gets in and tries to be compassionate. And, sa- and you, know, you know, the government does need to be compassionate. I'm not saying like no government help, no government assistance. Right. I'm not saying that. But when all of a sudden the idea comes, how, how many people can we get on welfare and take care of instead of how many people can we help get off welfare right. and get on their own two feet? you know, and work and contribute to society and and build a respectable life for themselves. The problem is that that's that's no longer the mentality, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that, you know, African Americans, once again, a massive injustice done to us by our nation's history. And then the government tried to step in and tried to alleviate that for us. But I think, you know, I think this is true with any victim. Is you gotta heal, you know, you gotta address the wounds, you gotta do that. But there has to come a day where you, as the victim, have to make the decision that you want the page to turn. Yeah. And the reality is, is only you can turn that page. Mm -hmm. No one else can turn it for you. I mean, your family can help you. That's that's part of the role of family is to help. But government's not gonna help. Right. Government, uh, just statistically, this isn't like a this isn't like a, an emotional thing for me. This isn't like a, I'm against government because I'm not. But if you just look at the cold facts, whenever the government tries to fix the African-American community's problems, problems get worse. Yeah. We get more dependent. That wealth gap right? that I was looking at. I know when you use terms like wealth gap, all of a sudden you're like, it's really hard because I'm, I'm, I'm a capitalist. I like mm-hmm. capitalism. I think capitalism actually is the economic system that will help blacks get out of poverty. Right. Right. I think that is the best system for us in terms of solving this economic problem. I think that is the absolute best, mm-hmm. right? Maximum opportunity and maximum freedom to be creative, to be innovative. Yeah. To develop and the jump and compete in the market. And we're innovative. I mean, African American community is very innovative. Mm-hmm. I mean, read your history book, all the, how, how much cool stuff has been developed by black, Americans, you know, and I think the potential is there. But what happens is, like you said, teaching a man to fish. When you try to give a man fish, you you rob him of his creative potential. You rob him of his ability to produce. And so my philosophy with the government and minorities and even just looking at this, this election, you know, I get the Democrats are are coming out being like, hey, we love you. We're going to care about you. We're going to take care of you. And I get the heart. I don't know that I trust the leaders. My friends who are Democrat and liberal, you know, I I, I trust them. I believe that they want to help the minority. But when I hear that, it's like, that's not going to help us. Right. And then, you know, there's obviously the other side where everyone's like, well, you know, the Republicans, they don't care about you. They're going to leave you alone. They're racist. You know, they're going to incorporate systematic racism. You know, they're going to protect it. Donald Trump's racist. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, and I guess maybe this might be a controversial opinion as well, I don't think Donald Trump is racist. Right. I I think he's the same—I think he can be the same—I'm uh, trying, to, trying to use a respectful word. <laughs> I think he can treat white people as harshly as he treats black people, as mm-hmm. harshly as he treats Mexicans, as harshly as he treats immigrants. I, I don't think he discriminates. I think he treats everyone— Right, the same. I honestly, I think he gives equal treatment. I really don't think he cares. Yeah, I I understand why people say that because he mm-hmm. he's definitely not a racially sensitive guy. But in terms of is he racist? I I honestly, I personally, I don't believe he cares. Mm-hmm. I don't think he cares enough to be racist. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> my opinion.
0: And and one big thing with um with uh, as we're talking about the black community and and I wanted to say something about minorities in general, but. Um, one thing that's not really talked about enough, a- and maybe there's an underlying stat here, or maybe an asterisk next to this stat, but, um, before the pandemic, I th- wasn't the black, um, unemployment rate, like the lowest it has ever been. Yeah. And whether you're liberal or conservative or whatever, like that's huge. Yeah. Like that is a huge step in the direction that we're talking about going. Right. Yeah.
1: And so, so once again, to that point of Trump being racist, I mean, obviously, like I said, I don't think he cares about race, to be honest. But another practical, hands on reason why I I don't buy that that narrative is I believe you got to give credit where credit's due. Right. You know, even people I disagree with, you know, give credit where credit's due. And for me, like I've shared, you know, the answer, I think, is getting the government out of our lives so we can figure this out. And so we can do it. I mean, the black, the highest black unemployment rate. I'm very grateful for that. You know, for me, I think that's one of the best things that we need as the black community to get us out of poverty, to give right. us respect, because. You know, that's economic power. And, and I know it sounds pretty shallow, but it's true, is the more money you have, especially in America, the better you're going to be treated. Right, the more opportunities you're going to create for yourself and for your family and for other, mm-hmm. you know, fellow minorities. Right, you know, money, money is a significant tool that you can use to influence and to change things and right. to provide. It's a very significant resource. And so when I hear highest black unemployment rate, what I hear is okay. That that's a massive win. Sure. For economic power, that's going to give us the ability to build as a culture. So for me, I really appreciate that. Right. And, um, you know, I will definitely give Trump props for that. Right. I get a lot of backlash for that, but that's okay. Yeah.
0: And I think, you know, I guess, you know, hey, staying on the the whether or not Trump is racist thing, <laughs> uh, one thing that, that the Hispanic community, um, a lot of people a- against Trump will... They are super duper um, into that narrative that Trump is racist, and mm-hmm. and when you at, when you actually sit down, you ask them why, like why do you think that, um, other than just giving you whatever edited news clips, and and quoting those uh, because a lot of stuff is taken out of context, and uh, in terms of you know what Trump has said it to Hispanics or uh, talking about specifically. Um, uh, There, when, when he was, when build the wall was, it was a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Trump was talking about how a lot of, a lot of people that come over illegally, um, there's a lot of crime that happens and, and that whole narrative kind of got twisted and, and pointed in the direction where a lot of Hispanics were, were led to believe that Trump is calling every Hispanic a rapist, every Hispanic, uh, um. A yeah. criminal and all that stuff and and when you, but when you actually sit down and talk about anything other than that, um, especially in the Hispanic community, there's there is a huge idea that if America doesn't open its its borders, let's say, um, there's a huge idea that if America doesn't just open its borders and 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 help help you know unlimited amounts of of hispanic people come in then america is racist um and and i might be just generalizing the idea behind that but that is something that that the hispanic community it being hispanic myself it bugs me because um you know like hey we're at the end of the day like we're american like i think we Mm -hmm. do almost if not more than um any other country for other countries across the world like we do a lot to help out the rest of the world but uh, when when it's time to talk about taking care of our own first a- and our own being americans minorities are not but like actual americans um and even this might sound racist to people but you know that then that thought is conceived as being racist or being when um you know i don't want to compare he's russia or china or but any other big powered nation um they're i'm sure that their their priorities to take care of chinese people russian people you know french people um Uh and not just like as an ethnic like your dna but but citizenship um and i'm sorry i'm kind of beating around the bush to say that I feel like there's a big uh, a, r- a lot of false narrative that gets twisted for people to think that that Trump is racist because because this or that because he <laughs> wants to help people get off of welfare like we're talking yeah. about. Does is, is that make sense? So do you think Trump's racist? No, I don't think Trump's <laughs> racist. Okay, that's what I, that's what I was sensing. I, <laughs> I don't think just, he's. I wanted to pull it out of you to 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 <laughs> yeah you know to uh, agree with your point. I I think he is. Uh, he's equally mean to everybody.
1: So <laughs> <laughs> here's, and especially, okay, now we're addressing the immigration and, you know, particularly, you know, uh, Latin Americans who try to immigrate and Trump's rhetoric, if you will, towards right. immigrants. The problem, and I don't know if you noticed this, uh, I notice this a lot, especially with the, um, it, it tends to be a little more on the Democratic Party side than mm-hmm. on the Republican side, but, and, and Joe Biden does this a bit where he, he says some harsh things about America and the white community, and I think you, we get used to that. It's like, okay, yeah, you know, you can bash white people and white America and bash America. I guess I don't want to say bash America. That might be a bit strong, but you can use strong language about America and you can use strong language about these things towards white people, but what's one strong thing they've ever said to a black person, to a Mexican person, to, they don't because there's this this understood culture where you can be use strong language towards whites, but no one else. Right. And I just think we're not used to that. So that's what I mean when I say, look, Trump uses strong language with everyone. He he doesn't sure he he doesn't care. Right. And so I understand why that could be perceived as racism. But here, here's the thing: you got under. Well, this is my perspective. <laughs> uh-huh. So, with illegal immigration and immigration, the way that Trump talks about immigration, first of all, I think he gets pretty misrepresented by the media, by sound bites. I don't want to get into all that fiasco because, once again, that's one of those areas where you're going to see what you want to see. If you want to see that Trump is against Mexicans, that's how you'll see it. You'll find. Right. Yeah. If you want to see Trump as creating more opportunities for Mexicans, you'll see it. You'll mm-hmm. see whatever you want to see. But here here is what I think is the, the big issue with immigration is I think it goes two ways. I think there's been sin sin on both sides, if you will. Mm-hmm. I think number one, people who who've come illegally, right, they they've violated the law, right? I think that is their offense. Is it a big deal, morally? I, I don't know. I, that's a moral discussion about breaking the law. If I were in that situation, if I had the opportunity, where I had kids and a wife, and I wanted to make a better life for them, and I knew coming to America would get that, I would do it too, you know. But, you know, they, they did violate the law. But we have sinned against them as well mm-hmm. as a nation, because we have used them. We've used them to build our economic system. Mm -hmm. We've used them, you know, for labor. And we've paid them, in my opinion, quite little. Yeah. I'm I'm speaking very general here. Mm -hmm. This is very generic. But what has happened is, you know, even though they've come illegally, we have allowed, we have used them to build our economic machine.
0: Yeah.
1: And then we say, okay, now go. America, we, we kind of have a history of doing that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 to, to cultures, you know. And I think that's really what people get at, you know, when they bring up the idea of systematic racism and racism in America. Mm-hmm. Is I think that's the system that they have a problem with. Mm-hmm. And so, in my opinion, immigration is a two-way street. Number one, yeah, you broke the law. But, you know, number two is our country sinned against you by using you building all of our economic systems off of it, and then kind of pushing you aside. So I, I, I don't know how this got into an immigration solution, but if I were president, now we're going to solve <laughs> the immigration problem. What I would do, which I think is kind of similar to what Trump's doing. I don't know. I haven't read his policies in depth on this, but the people who are here, right, who have worked, who have you know contributed, let's figure out how to get them citizenship. Let's figure out the path. They've worked here. You know they've contributed to our society. They've deserved it. We do have to contain the situation on the border. It's, it's just a, it's a fact. You, you as a nation, right? As an organization, there's got to be some sort of system there. I'm not saying you you have to limit everyone from coming in. A lot of people jump to that. Oh, you're going to build a border. That means you're not going to let anyone in. No, there, there's got to be some sort of yeah. system in place, right? Because our resources you know our economic resources and i mean you know everything from from census just all, all the all the things that we need to manage it's just it's impossible with the continuous influx of people that you can't right. keep track of you know and it is our government's responsibility to keep track of that stuff and so i think we got to solve the border problem in terms of just too much input right now let's figure out how we can build a system that can achieve the most mm-hmm. input, right? Let's get as many people in here as we can, but let's do it in such a way that, you know, doesn't overload the system.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What do I mean by overload the system? I don't necessarily mean economic. You know, I know I know. there's a lot of talk about illegal immigration and how they hurt our economics. I, I don't think it's really that much of an economic pain for us personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like anything. You know, you gotta have a system in place.
2: Right. Yeah. It's uh, like it's like
1: cell group, right? You're a cell group leader. Mm-hmm. You start getting masses of people coming in your cell group. You know, what do you do? You need help. You gotta get organized. You gotta yeah. establish leaders who sure. help you take care of people. Sure. And so we as America we could take care of people, but we just gotta have a system in place where we
0: can take care of everyone. Mm-hmm. So So then now in terms of in terms of uh voting and, and that the, the minority vote, how big of a – how big – or I guess how important is it for – especially now for minority uh, blacks, Mexicans, uh, any kind of other, Latinos, Asians, everything like that, uh, our minority population, how important is it for our minority population to separate themselves – from from uh just the traditional we've always voted this way i'm not saying you know not to vote that way like not to say just do the opposite just because but Mm -hmm. but uh to separate yourselves from we've always voted this way and actually look at the facts the policies what um which candidates represent something um we were talking about earlier is is um uh, you know the the, the the massive amounts of of um different bills or different I and the massive amounts of uh, black incarcerations mm-hmm. that um certain political parties have, have have approved of or, you know, kind of passed legislature in favor of. Um huh. and those are the people we keep putting forward, like we were talking we were discussing this morning. Yeah. So how important is it to, to, to actually step back and realize what's going on versus what just this news platform wants you to to perceive because you're Mexican or because you're black?
1: I think I think what we as Americans have to do, but I think especially minorities, is we have to start thinking critically. Mm. I mean, it's pretty obvious with these elections. I mean, these elections are a prime example. Is people just don't think critically, right? Right. If if you're a Democrat, it doesn't matter how horrible the policies are they put forward. You're gonna vote Democrat because that's right. just what resonates with you. You know, if you're a full-on Trump supporter, Republican, it doesn't matter how many things Donald Trump does. It doesn't matter how many bad policies he puts forward necessarily. You're just gonna be on that train regardless, right? And I, I understand the sediment, but especially minorities, I think we got to start learning to think critically. And the problem is our politicians don't encourage us to think for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Our government doesn't encourage us to think for ourselves, which is why we tend to be a little more dependent on them. So I think when it comes to election, I, I think you got to heal. Mm-hmm. Right. Part, part of what you can see right now is America's not healed. Right. I mean, you see it in all the protests, all the riots. You see it in all the rhetoric that's used in the politics right now. Is there's some deep wounds. Yeah. Now I would argue that those wounds are being exploited. Mm. And we can we can do another episode on that, but we as minorities we have to heal. Once you heal, right? Once you make a decision, okay, the page is gonna turn. Okay using our heart, but also using our mind with clarity. Let's look at what policies are being presented, and let's look at what's going to help us as a minority group, whether it's Latino, whether it's black, Asian, Middle Eastern, whatever. Yeah. What policies are going to put us in the best position to succeed in the future Mm -hmm. and give us back control over our lives, over our culture. You know. Yeah. And so I think that's how you have to look at it. For me I'm I'm not I, I tend to be a little more conservative in my political ideologies. <laughs> but I'm I'm independent. I'm not Democrat, I'm not Republican. Yeah. I mean ultimately I'm I'm a man of faith, so kingdom of God. You know yeah. whatever lines up with the kingdom of God the most. Nothing nothing mm-hmm. really fully lines up with the kingdom of God, so um but yeah, you just gotta think. Just think critically. You know, use your brain. Use your mind, you know, use your creativity and look and see, you know, what policies are going to help us achieve this as a people. Sure. I think once we do that, I think you'll, you'll start to see that minorities will start to become more free. Right. You know, especially, once again, in my realm, the black community. You know, I think the more that we kind of cut this unhealthy relationship we have with the government as a whole, I think we're gonna start to heal, you know I think you're gonna see a lot of a lot of healing a lot of moving forward, and I think you're gonna see a lot of people
0: coming together right yeah well, I think it's and I think it's probably the biggest take my biggest takeaway from today is that um it is that what you said is we to move forward first things first like we we have to heal and what that means for different minorities and um you know it is what it is, but, but you have to some way, shape or form. You have to get past the past, Mm -hmm. have to get past what is, what has happened. And not to say that, you know, forgiveness is, I mean, it's huge, but, but there's something, I mean, to look at it on a, you know, I guess a bright side, there's something said for, for the, the, um, the classic American story of, of an immigrant, and moves his family over here, and gains citizenship, and goes through the right channels, c- climbs to the top, works his butt off, and six figures plus, he becomes a millionaire, runs his own business, and the classic American story of somebody who just doesn't play the victim, yeah. um, and doesn't, doesn't just stay, you know, blaming other people, and yeah. instead just conquers, yeah. and overcomes. Um, that how great is it that we live in America where that's still possible? Mm-hmm. The American dream. Yeah, personal
1: responsibility, man. You know where there are a lot of injustices done? Sure. But if that's your excuse, well, no, it really happened. Okay. So is that your excuse? hmm The system I- is systemically racist against us. Okay. Is that the excuse? I'm right. sorry. Is that is that the reason? Yeah. <laughs> Look, uh, there are plenty of valid reasons, you know, why of things that have been done to us is the why we're in the state we are. There're mm-hmm. plenty of valid reasons. If that's your reason, fine. Yeah. I'm going to find a reason to overcome. Yeah. I'm going to find a reason. I'm going to find a way to get out of this. Mhm. Thank you for thank you for helping me understand what got me here. What's going to help me get out of here? Mm-hmm. What's going to help me move forward? And I think that's just got to be our perspective. Wow. So. Anyways, yeah. Interesting stuff. Interesting talk. I think we covered a lot of different. Yeah. There's algorithms. a lot more. There's a lot more we could. F- <laughs> for sure. I feel I feel like we start with a topic and then we hit a bunch of topics <laughs> and then we say, okay, well, we're going to do an individual episode on each of those topics I don't know. We'll see, we'll see where this all goes. <laughs> but um, hey, well, thanks for listening. Uh, make sure if you're listening on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you hit subscribe, make sure you hit like. Give us a few stars. I noticed that we don't have a lot of ratings yet. Someone gave us three stars. out of Five. So, hey, I still got love for you. <laughs> Whoever you are out there, um, you know. But make sure you follow us on YouTube, Instagram. Hit that like, hit that subscribe button, and thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.
0: Peace.